Welcome, I'm Elizabeth Ojito, an integrative psychotherapist based in the San Francisco Bay Area. This is In Good Time, a podcast for late and newly diagnosed adults with ADHD. This podcast is focused on the journey of learning about yourself in a whole different way following an ADHD diagnosis. It's about the journey to gain new perspective on yourself, your relationship to time, and your relationship to others. Just a quick note, this podcast is intended for educational and informational purposes only. It is not a substitute for individual or couples treatment and consultation. With that, let's get started. This week's podcast will focus on the topic of ADHD and home organizing. Maybe you've seen the videos of ADHD piles or those clear bins in the container store. Well, I'm here to tell you that home organizing has nothing to do with piles or bins. In this episode, I speak with Kat Green, an ADHD home organizing specialist, about what really matters the most when it comes to thinking about your home and organizing as a person with ADHD. I really enjoyed this conversation, and if you listen to the end, Kat also gives some helpful leads to books and thinkers to help you dive deeper on this topic. With that, let's get started. So welcome, Kat. Hi. Nice Uh to be here. And so, so today will be really an introduction to the space of ADHD and home organizing. And so just want to know more a little bit, just to begin about you, your story and how you came to specialize in this work. Yeah. So I started my company in 2017, it's called Badass Home Life. And I, I started you know, as a professional organizer, but I was in the interior design field before that. And I just wasn't, I wasn't feeling the, what do you call this? The passion in interior design. Like it didn't feel like I was making any impact. Like I love it. Like I'm sure people who are in design have that feeling, but like for me, I was, I was looking for something more. So I found professional organizing and then I started the business in 2017, but it wasn't until 2018 that I really gravitated towards helping people with ADHD because my husband was diagnosed with ADHD as an adult. Um, in that time frame, I started, you know, cause I wanted to be a support system to him. And I also just really wanted to learn what ADHD was. In that time period, I learned a lot. And then I got my ADHD organizing specialist certificate from the Institute for Challenging Disorganization. And then I just really fell in love with the idea that like, oh, this is a whole different, you know, this is a whole different planet that I didn't even know that existed. So I found myself really getting more intrigued and curious and I can, that I can help people with ADHD and organizing. Cause it was, it ended up being, a very eye-opening experience where, oh, it's very different. It's not the same type of, you know, if you just put everything in a bin, it it, it just doesn't work like that. So I got really curious about that. And now I'm, I love helping people. And like most of my clients are, are ADHDers. And I would love to hear more about um, what it means to be um, certified and specialized. Could you say more about your training through them um, and what that entailed? Yeah, so the Institute for Challenging Disorganization was started by a bunch of professional organizers. It was under NAPO. So NAPO is the National Association of Professional Organizers. And there was just a bunch of professional organizers back in the 80s, I want to say, that got really frustrated with 
not feeling like they're able to help their chronically disorganized clients. So they started a study group. And then that study group became the Institute for Challenging Disorganization. So ICD basically has classes. Their, their tagline is education research strategies. And they've partnered up with professionals like you, therapists, social workers, people who work in elder, uh, elder care. And they have different classes that help people, us professional organizers, work with people who have hoarding disorder, again, like the chronically disorganized so that ADHD was there. And then there's senior living. And then there's, which is an, a whole different branch as well of when people start forgetting, that's a whole different type of clutter. But yeah, so that they have a certification for certified professional organizer in chronic disorganization, which I'm working on. I don't have that yet, but I plan to get it next year. Mm -hmm. uh, but I have the specialization to do ADHD organizing, which essentially means that I've taken all the classes that they have under their wing about ADHD. They have, I want to say like we were required to read about 67 books that are of ADHD and then to take a test with all of that information. And honestly, like that really, really helped me out in learning about how executive function skills, learning about how there's, it's not just stuff that we're dealing with when it comes to ADHD. There's a lot of, there's a lot of it is really about helping people kind of find it themselves in it. Like it's not, again, it's not just about stuff. It's them finding the, the right systems for them. But yeah, that's pretty much what a specialization is. Absolutely. And so, so you've really been very deep in the field in many ways. It sounds like from beginning with interior design and then having family experience when you talked about your husband um, and then from here um, getting the certification for the Institute for Challenging Disorganization. And so I, I really want to know more before we get into your approach and what it means. Just tell me about your passion for the topic. So what really moves you to be um, just really involved and really deep in this field? You'll see it on my bio too, like when you visit my website, that my husband is my muse <laughs> when it comes to the ADHD organizing. I saw how like at the beginning stages of him finding out that he has ADHD and then like I saw the time blindness and then like as a support system to somebody who had ADHD, like I saw the, the things that you could tell it bogs a person down because it's a daily occurrence, you know, like forgetting things, time blindness, not knowing that like all... Oh, like let's say in a couple setting like somebody saying that like oh I'll be home five minutes but it's really like 15 minutes like all of those things and then I saw when we started implementing strategies and then also me practicing some compassion towards that like oh it's not him being disrespectful like all of those things kind of like like really helped me out in being really passionate about helping people with ADHD and being that person that could, oh, I understand. It's not you. It's not you being rude because you forgot our, our meeting. It's yeah. just, we haven't found a system yet that would allow you to remember these things. And I'm here to help to do that. And I saw, you know, like my, my husband has like a whiteboard in our living room right now with mm -hmm. all the tasks that he needs to do because he's a visual person. So I see it and like, you could really tell that like he gained confidence that he no longer misses meetings. He's no longer late to the things that he 
that he said that he was going to be in. He doesn't forget any dates, you know. I want to do that and I want to educate other people to do that for the people that have ADHD in their lives. So it's both, you know, like I'm, I'm learning about people with ADHD and also allowing my, being a resource for people who are trying to support people who have ADHD. And so it sounds like you can inhabit the partner perspective of what it mm-hmm. means to be a partner to somebody with ADHD. And it sounds like together kind of come up with some of the approaches and systems that really help your shared life as well. And then from there, just would love to learn more about focusing on helping folks who are um, primarily diagnosed as adults and are just for the first time getting oriented into the world. Because typically it's a combination of not not only therapy or only coaching, but work with their primary care doctor and also work around kind of home and context and organizing. And so bringing resources from many different fields together ends up being what folks use at different stages of their working with ADHD and really finding out what what supports them the most and helps them thrive. So I would love to know more about your philosophy or approach to thinking about ADHD and home disorganization in particular. And then if you could explain it to to somebody who's completely new to this whole world Mm -hmm. and doesn't know very much about it. So if you're new and you just found out that you have ADHD, I, my first thing that I tell when, when a client comes to me and then they say that, that like, you know, I'm 60 years old, for example, and I just found out that I'm ADHD and there's always either they have regrets of what well, I should have known in the, you know, and, and have done something about it, or there's a lot of shoulda, woulda, coulda in that. And then there's a lot of shame that comes with it. My biggest advice to them is that like be like the first thing you have to do is be really, really gentle with yourself. You know, it's yes, there's a lot of things that you could have done, but like, what can we do now? Like, there's so much more that you could do still, you know, it's not the end of the world when you find out that you have ADHD. If anything, knowing that gives you the tools to work and find the strategies for you now that you know what ADHD is. You can now educate yourself and find out more about how executive function can really impact home organi- home disorganization. There's a lot of layers to that. Um, so educating yourself, being open-minded about what you learn about yourself too. And again, so that's self-compassion, being open-minded about what you're going to learn about yourself. And then the next step to that is being open to experimenting what works. I know that's like the, the hardest part because... You know, you just want to fix like anyone. It's very natural for people to feel it like, oh, if I could just put like a bin system, my life will be better. But it's not really always like that. There's always like, and to to give you like perspective of like how it works for, for sessions or like how I work with people, I work with them in like four steps. So the first step is dissect. And this is where we kind of like talk about what do you, do do they know why there's clutter or is it just like you have too much stuff not enough not enough storage or it's just is it is it that you buy more things and you're, you're then you can actually are capable of like storing a, a, um, a spending thing or is it because people like you you have a tendency to just get things from people like people gift you a lot so that's the dissect part right like we want to know what the deep root causes of clutter is and then the third one is declutter and again, like this is also where people, I find that like when people who have ADHD, when they get to this point, it's the letting go of the 
unfinished projects that they have a really hard time with the decluttering process. Like they, they're like, oh, but I have, but I can use this for something else or mm -hmm. I'm not done with that project yet. So we get, again, like you're unlearning things like you're, or you're learning that like, it's okay to let go of unfinished projects or giving them tools to see like, okay, if you really mean to make this project happen, can we put a deadline on it? Can we, can we give you a boundary as to, you know, developing boundaries? And then the third one is designate. That's just putting a system together that goes to healthy people with ADHD. It comes in, you know, habits, routines, and systems. And then the fourth one is do where I check in on my clients, the accountability aspect. That's the most powerful thing that I find when it comes to ADHD is when there's just like somebody there that will root for you and like, Hey, how's your system going? It, it, you're not just doing it yourself and and it reduces the the shame that comes with like what if it doesn't work then you know like it goes back to the experimentation of it all that like if it doesn't work then at least like you have another person to to bounce off ideas with and it sounds like it's a pretty flowing process that that you're talking about and that decluttering is not the first step but that that comes as a surprise to me that you one would assume with home organization that decluttering would be the first thing but it's actually down the line in the process mm -hmm. yeah uh i find that decluttering and and you see it too like i'm sure everybody has seen it on the internet where i declutter so much but i still have so much stuff it's because they haven't figured out why clutter keeps happening. So you have to figure that out first. And, you know, with, again, like it goes back to the, if, if in an ADHD brain, that's the unfinished projects, the wanting to hold on to things because they don't know for sure if they're going to use it again, the time blindness affects that ongoing, the project parts. So there's a lot of layers of executive function, again, uh, impacting how you can organize your home and how you can keep clutter at bay. And I think that 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 once you understand an ADHD brain and knowing that like, oh, this is the reason why I have so much stuff, then you were able to kind of maneuver and navigate through it a little bit better. And then you mentioned an important kind of nuanced point about shame and, and sometimes the ways that people feel some shame or embarrassment about having home disorganization or clutter to begin with. Could you just say a little bit more about your experiences with that and how you work with that, you know, sort of in your role as an organizing specialist? Yeah, so I work with executives, government officials, like they're really good at their profession, but as soon as like it's in their homes, it, it's in disarray. And then that brings them a lot of shame that they feel like they're not being good moms or good dads or, or a good home, like home owner. And I, that breaks me because this, this one, you know, this brilliant person that, that you could see all of their accolades and all of their accomplishments. And then here they are, they're so ashamed of their homes. And that goes back to, you know, the, the first step when you work with me is to dissect. We talk about that, you know, we nurture, we nurture that like, Hey, that's not true. Maybe like you have automatic negative self-talk about home, your home, because you've just been in that in essence mess for yeah. a very long time. So you get conditioned that like, 
I'm just never going to be organized. I'm just, I'm just not capable of doing these things. So like when I work with people, there's a little bit of coaching that comes with it before the actual setting up the systems, because I just really found that there's so much power through listening to a person. Like there's, I don't correct them. Like when they say that, like, oh, I'm just, it, it, it's just, just such a mess. Like, I don't say that, I don't, I don't really say that, like, oh, it's not that bad. I don't, I don't ever say that. Like you acknowledge it. For me, it's acknowledging that, like, okay, we're in a bad situation right now, but encouraging them that, like, what do we do now? You don't just leave them in the sorrow and the feeling of shame. It's more of like, I'm here now. We're partnering up. I'm holding you accountable to getting this house in order yeah you're not doing this by yourself so that to me is like there's that glimpse of hope that you get that, that they that I see in their eyes it's like okay there's an there's a way out of this mess and that last step that you said accountability it also sounds like it's that's when you get to iterate you know you really get to workshop what worked what didn't and that it's okay if it doesn't work from there, you get to adapt and adjust to the needs that each person has, which is such a wonderful benefit of getting to work with you in that way is that you get to, you know, sort of experiment and then figure out what works and what doesn't and, and come up with something new. And so, mm-hmm. and, and I love that. I'm really retaining that as a kind of um, uh, myth busting, that it, it's not about the system. Like you said, it's not about the bins, you know, that, that those are, it's not about things that you need to buy, but more so about taking a step back and getting some of support on thinking through an approach. And and just along those lines, you know, we see so much about, you know, a sort of an, I feel subject to this too, the hacks and the sort of the TikToks and the videos and the social media about, you know, quick tips and quick hacks and that kind of thing that last, you know, sort of very short amounts of time. And and just tell me about some of the the myths that you see, or maybe some of the stereotypes that you see around about what it means to have ADHD and also be disorganized. Yeah, so I, I I don't see it a lot in much older ADHD years, but I do find that a lot of younger generations, like they always say that like, I'm never going to be organized or I'm never going to be doing this. And it that's a total myth because you can definitely rewire your brain. It just hasn't found the right, the the one that would rewire your brain. I'm not even saying the correct way, but just the the way that it your your brain will adapt to. Like they you just haven't found it yet. It's not that you're never going to be early at an event. You're never going to have like a tidy home. Like that's a whole like that's a huge myth because there's so many there's so many support systems, not just as a like as professional organizers or as, as therapists, but there's so many also things that you could implement and that all depends on your modality. I think I was talking to you about this earlier where mm-hmm. you have to just be curious as to what works for you. So a big example, like some examples would be time blindness, for example. When you want to remember something, consider, are you a visual person? So put a post-it. If that if that doesn't work, then maybe you're an auditory person where you need an alarm and a and a little ding to remind you that like you need to do another thing. If you're kinetic, then it's you know get up on the get the, get moving just so like you can get a little bit more motivation. Like it's those things that compassion <laughs> TikToks about mm-hmm. just. It, it's it you just really have to find what strategy works for you and I know that like 
but that sounds like, oh, okay, well, that I need to do that. I, I need to do more, but it really is more about experimentation, staying curious as to what works and knowing yourself, like really knowing what, because I, I, I'm so passionate about it because I've seen so many of my clients find those modalities for themselves and yeah. see how that one thing, and I just become a whole different person. The method that really clicks and registered just based on them, their, their particular neurophysiology and, and life experiences and what makes sense. And so is it that it's drawn or a physical experience is attached to this or, or is it working with the coach? And so there's a certain amount of being able to try things out a bit with support to really make it work. So that means that there's permission there. It's totally okay if, if the TikTok hacks or, or these things don't work, you know, because they're, they're not, you know, for everyone, um, but perhaps there are aspects of them that can be adapted. Um, but it sounds like you kind of take that attitude of, of, it's not about the particular tool, um, but more zooming out a little bit on on what's the approach that's going to work best and beginning there. Yeah, I also wanted to add, because I know that this is for people who just found out that they have ADHD. And a lot of times you have just been functioning where, you know, like brains like being organized. So people who have ADHD who didn't know that they have ADHD kept finding ways They've been able to thrive because they found ways to thrive in in their workplace. And then I guess like the myth that I was trying to bust is just because the system worked for you before in a different circumstances doesn't mean that it's going to work forever. Mm -hmm. That to me is something that, you know, I think that would that people who just found out of ADHD need to, to know that. Just because the filing system worked five years ago when there's only, let's say, you and your husband that you have to deal with and now you have a kid, mm -hmm. it, you have to be open to the idea that like that system doesn't work anymore and be gentle with yourself that that's okay, that it doesn't work. To that, you know, the process that, I, that I'm passionate about is like always staying curious and open to experimentation. That's an amazing point is that um, people definitely adapt over the course of their life and then sort of run into these snags where the system that works in the past doesn't anymore. And so even that, just to normalize that, that, okay, that's also part of the process. And sometimes you go back to the drawing board and you come up with something new. And so, so very nice. And, and I would just love to know more. I know that we're just sort of scratching the surface on the topic, mm -hmm. but, but just tell me about some of the resources, again, mostly for folks who are kind of brand new to this world that you found helpful, you know, so in terms of things that you've read or, accounts that you follow or or just other resources that you think could be an interesting start and coming from this strength-based perspective that that you work with less about this bin or this product so spoiler it's not going to be advice to buy things but it's not like <laughs> it's about information tell me more about some of the sources of information that you found useful okay yeah so i was going to I actually had it in my notes and say to try to limit your social media intake and avoid the quick tips they give and just listen to your body and mind. That's what I wrote down. Yeah. But it's, again, like there's just so much information out there. It's almost like drinking from a fire hose, right? Yeah. So really trying to steer away from the quick one-offs mm -hmm. and instead 
looking for the books that that have that are for ADD. So one one I have that that was part of my learning is Judith Kohlberg's ADD Friendly Ways to Organize Your Life. That might be very powerful for people who just found out that they have ADHD. Um, another one is so I work. So apart from being the owner of Badass Home Life, I actually work as a registrar for Coach Approach Training. And Coach Approach Training was basically founded by Denzel Brown. And Denzel Brown was one of the few people who, one of the very first people who started that national study group for chronic disorganization. She has ADHD herself. So she's been training professional organizers like me to understand and learn more about ADHD coaching because again, like it's not the same cookie cut type of organizing that we, there's just so much more curiosity when it comes to that. So she has a book called Processing Modalities Guide. Mm -hmm. And that kind of breaks down kind of like what you're talking about where you're, you're working with the strengths, like the process, the, the way you're processing information is a crucial tool for you to know what systems work for you. I think that book was like really, really helpful for me to find my own processing modalities. So I'm sure mm -hmm. people of ADHD would help that. And I put here, like, it's really fun. I think this would just be fun is to watch everything everywhere all at once. Nice. <laughs> it, it just kind of gives you a glimpse of what it's like for somebody who has ADHD and how, especially for the women, like the innocent, like I know that I want to say the last time I saw a study, like it's 70% of women who have ADHD have inattentive one, the inattentive type. So that movie shows that a lot and it just kind of gives you like an idea, especially for those. So if, if you're listening and you don't have ADHD, but you have somebody who has in your life has ADHD, yeah. this mm -hmm. is a really good kind of good movie already. It's already a good movie to watch in the beginning, but in the yeah. first place, but just really giving you an idea of what it's like for, for someone who has ADHD. What an awesome set of resources. And and I love that you began with, it sounds like actually limit or reduce if, if somebody who's newly diagnosed that, you know, that it, the quick tips and things might lead you down the wrong trailhead, you know, sort of to, to begin there, you, you might sort of, that it's often, it's so seductive, you know, sort of mm -hmm. like, oh, there's an answer like right here, um, but, but not so much, not so much. And so it's, and I just love the other two resources that you mentioned. Um, so the, the first about um, processing. Um, and so kind of thinking about reading a book on, on ADHD home organization as, as a start, but it sounds like in combination of perhaps working with a coach like you, or maybe as, as part of your therapy, just getting some of that information. Um, and then the processing style. So being able to really get more support around what you mentioned about the processing fit and getting that fit. Um, in a way that really makes sense and that aligns with with how you work and then being able to, from there, build on the particular tools and resources. Can so, I add another one? Yes. Yeah, please add. Yeah. <laughs> so as a partner of a person who has ADHD, not so much as a professional organizer, I do think that there's power in being a support system for that individual. And what that means is like, it's not that you're going to gear them towards the systems. It's just one being open to like how, you know, talking about the symptoms of what ADHD is and how it manifests in them. Cause not all, not everybody has the same manifestation of what ADHD is. Right. So for example, for me, my husband, like we thought, you know, we, he acknowledged that 
he's time blind and he forgets dates sometimes. And this was in 2018. So we worked around that. And there's no, my, my, me as a support system held a non-judgmental space for them. So, you know, for the people who have loved ones that have ADHD and want to be a support system for their, for their loved ones, I think that just holding space for them is a good resource, like holding space that like, what do you know about your ADHD? What can we learn about ADHD together? Mm-hmm. And how can I help you create systems with that? Like knowing what we know now. And so it sounds like from the partner perspective, like what it means to to kind of together, really think through about how, how do we be a team when it comes to thinking about systems that help you align and understand. And, and like you said, hold space, like what it means from the partner perspective to be able to hold some space and, and also to have practice compassion to themselves, you know, sort of for them as a non-ADHD partner. And then as, as much as compassion as they're holding for their partner too. As well, and then I appreciate the recommendation of everything, everywhere, all at once, because um, it sounds like what it means to be in the mind of, of like a kind of a visualization from that perspective. Um, so that that what it means to be able to have um, sort of that like a cinematic take on um, and on what it means to have some of the experience. And so it sounds like that's that's a movie that that has resonated as as mm. an expression of what it means to as a non ADHD person experience what it what it's like to have ADHD. Yes. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. This is such a just awesome, illuminating conversation and just a broad introduction to ADHD, ADHD specialist organizing work uh, that you do, Badass Home Life. What an awesome organization and the work that you're doing. And then um, I would love to know more about, you know, sort of how do people find out more about your work? If they're interested in working with you, what's the process? Uh, Yeah. And then also just anything else that you want to mention as well. Sure. So if you are interested in working together, you can go to badasshomelife.com and all my services are there. And I typically ask to book a consult. We get to chat for 45 minutes and see what services would fit you. I typically work with people in home in the Sacramento region here in California, but I also have had opportunities where I worked with people virtually. So if you're like, let's say in the East Coast or, you know, in in Colorado or something like that, I can still work with you as long as, you know, it, it works for the both of us. And this is something that you could, again, if it's the accountability aspect of it, I, I'm there for you. But all of that is in badasshomelife.com. And if on Instagram, it's badasshomelife. I believe on TikTok, it's badasshomelifecat. Uh-huh. But I'm already telling you not to go there. So. <laughs> so just just only go to, only to your account, <laughs> not to anyone else's. <laughs> yeah, I can definitely help with, I do coaching. So that's a three month long program. And then I also have my virtual organizing where we create strategies on how you're going to tackle your project and in-home sessions where I go in and actually be there with you, hold you accountable. I find that people find that really people that I work with who have ADHD, very helpful because it's body doubling. And at the same time, you know, it just really is just helpful to have a support system there. So I look forward to anyone who is interested in working together. 
And and thank you so much, Kat. Thank you for this conversation. And what I'll do is put a link in the uh, description, sort of below this podcast, with a link to the books, and then also, you know, sort of to your consultation for folks who want to learn more about your work and how awesome that there's the virtual option and then also in person as well. And so kind of multimodal ways of being able to work together over time, which is so awesome. Just being able to know that, you know, sort of through badass home life that folks can have a resource to come back to again and again in, in their work with you. So, so thank you so much. This was such a cool conversation. Thank you for having me. This was really fun. All right. All right. And thank you so much, everyone, for listening. I'll put more information in the link in the bio area. And until next time, bye-bye.